0: All right, we're gonna read two verses, Isaiah 52, verses one and two. When you get there, say, I got it. I got it. All right, good. Let's read together. Ready, read. Awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you. Shake yourself from the dust. Arise, sit down, O Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck O captive daughter of Zion, O captive daughter of Zion. Again, we're going back to verse 1. Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments. We're talking tonight on the subject again, beautiful garments. This is part 2 of that message, beautiful garments. Lord, tonight, thank you for the word we're about to receive. God, I thank you that you've already anointed me to minister the word of God tonight. Thank you, Father, that you counted me faithful in putting me into the ministry. I realize that, Father, I am not competent on my own, but my competency comes from you. So I ask you, Father, to anoint me afresh to minister the word of God, that you also anoint your people to receive the word that comes tonight, and let what is said and done in this place glorify you and edify your people, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen and amen. All right, have your seats tonight. Take your seats. Again, we've been looking at God's desire and purpose for making our lives beautiful. We're about to say beautiful. beautiful. God wants our lives to be beautiful. And we've been talking about no matter where you are or where you were when God found you, how uh, God specializes. you remember that song, God specializes in things that seem impossible. If you had WRXB in the early in the morning getting ready for school, uh, you used to hear that song God specializes And so um, he, he knows how, how to take things that are ugly yes. And make them very beautiful That's what God does Amen And He, he wants us I hope y'all been really listening to these last yeah. Ten messages or so <laughs> um, he's try, He wants us to let him exalt us yes. Yes, um, be yourselves in the mighty hand of God That he may exalt you in due time right? He wants to exalt us because when God exalts us, he gets the glory. And through that, he attracts people to him. That's the point of us being uh, exalted in the earth so that God can attract people to him. He's glorified, people are attracted to, to him. Amen? There's a scripture I want us to look at very quickly in Zechariah. In fact, I want to go right to the message translation on this. Zechariah Just for sake of time. Zechariah chapter 8 verse 20 through 23. You can just write that down and, uh, but they'll put it on the screen for us. Zechariah chapter 8 verse 20 through 23. Notice what God says here. It says, a message from God of the angel armies. People and their leaders will come from all over. Now this is when God exalts you and makes you attractive. People will come from all over to see what's going on. The leaders will confer with one another Shouldn't we try to get in on this? That means they got to be seeing something something that's attractive that they want to get in on. Shouldn't we try to get in on this? Get in on God's blessings? Now they're looking at you. Pray to God of the angel armies. What's keeping us? Let's go. This is what what the world's going to say. When they see God's blessing and favor on your life and his goodness, how you're walking around here healed and strong, In your right mind, prosperous, your family's blessed, you're saved, (laughs) you're not, you know, falling down before the wicked, upright, blameless, says lots of people, powerful nations, they'll come to Jerusalem looking for what they can get from the God of the angel armies looking to get a blessing from God. Verse 23, please, 23. A message from God of angel armies. At that time, 10 men speaking a variety of languages will grab the sleeve of one Jew. Now, this is the future, so we're all including that in the future here. They'll grab and they'll hold tight and say, let us go with you. We've heard that God is with you. Are you seeing that? So, so, notice that God's blessings upon his people are so bountiful, so evident, that it said 10, 10 to 1, they'll start grabbing hold. Hey, man, God, God must be with you. I want to go with you. That's how much God wants to bless you and me and make our lives beautiful. Right, are y'all ready to receive that? Okay, so he's doing that. Now, let's go into a little bit of more review here from Sunday. I talked about how God does everything. He puts beauty here on the earth uh, for, like He did in heaven, like He has in heaven, right? When God created Eden, the Garden of Eden, put man there, Eden was beautiful. Eden is a, in fact, if we compare Genesis to Revelation, we can see that Eden is an earthly replica of heaven. Or it was, right? The same tree of life in the garden, there's a tree of life in heaven. The rivers in the garden, there's rivers in heaven. Okay the same beauty God put there It's in heaven So God says since I'm going to be coming down there And visiting with you I got to come to a beautiful place Because God wants everything beautiful Glory to God Thank you Jesus You're beautiful people Y'all realize that Y'all don't realize that I don't care about how you, you, you know your facial features I'm talking about how God made you On the inside he made you with a beautiful spirit. Yes. Oh my God. We got to be sure not, not to let stuff in the world contaminate the beautiful spirit that God put on the inside of us. You got that? All right, I just threw that in there. That just came to my heart there. So we saw that God wants these beautiful surroundings for us. So we saw in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10, how God said uh, that he's going to give us uh, large and beautiful cities. Y'all remember that? says, I'm going, I'm going to bless you. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so forth. I'm going to bless He's going to give us large and, and what kind of cities again? Beautiful. beautiful cities which you did not build. So the cities that are beautiful, you don't have to build those. God's going to give them to you. Okay, that's what he told the children of Israel, right? Yes. Then we go two chapters later to Deuteronomy chapter 8 yes. and verse 12. And God talks about here, uh, lest you when you have eaten and are full and have built what kind of houses? Yes. Built beautiful houses. Now, the notice the cities you didn't build, but he said the houses, the beautiful house you're gonna build it. Now you can buy a nice house, but you, but the one that you want, the one that you really want, because nobody's gonna build the house you want. They built the house that they wanted. So it's nice to buy a house, but God's ultimate goal. I wish I had two or three is that you build one that's beautiful in your sight. Okay, so that's God's desire for his people. Okay, now how's this going to get done? Those of you that were here this morning in the morning prayer session or you watched online or hopefully you've gone back over and watched it, uh, there's a scripture we read in Psalm 44 verse 3 and I want you to see this because, well, Lord, how am I going to get that? I can't afford to build a house. I can't afford to do that. It has nothing to do with what you can afford. I wish I had three or four more fourth people. It has nothing to do with what you can afford. See, look at this in Psalm 44, verse 3. Now, when we just read about them in Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 8, okay, here's, what it, here's a description of that same time. It says, For they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword. Nor did their own arm save. Them. In other words, it wasn't their paycheck, wasn't their power, wasn't their ability that got the job done, that got them beautiful cities and beautiful houses. It wasn't that. Well, what was it? it says, but it was your right hand, your being God, your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance. Why? Say it loud. Say it loud like an army. Well, guess what? You and I have the same right hand of God, the same arm of God, the same light of his countenance. That means his smile. God has smiled on me. I mean, we should say that. He has set me free. Do you know what it means when He smiled on you? It means you have the light of his countenance. In the smile of a king, there's favor. When a king smiles, me, like, like the king smiled on Queen Esther, there was favor, and it turned, it turned the, the destiny of a whole people because she had his favor. See, so the light of your countenance, and it says, because you favored them. And guess what? We have the same favor. Psalm 512 says, surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous, surround him with your favor as with a shield. How many righteous people do I have here tonight? How many of y'all know you're righteous? Not, not, not because you're living right. Because you've been made right. See, you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Living right is holiness. But we've been made righteous. Second Corinthians 5.21. See? So because I'm the righteous, then, then uh, Psalm 5.12 applies to my life. Surely, O Lord, that's the NIV. Surely, O Lord, you will bless the righteous, surrounding him with your favor, it's with a shield. So God's favors on my life. Say that. God's, God's favors. On my life. Say it again. God's favors on my In other words, that's how I'm going to get the house and the car and the job and the spouse and the increase and the ministry. How I'm going to win souls all by the favor. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. By the favor of God. You got it? So my point in saying that is, when you read what God did for the children of Israel, don't discount that like people like to get us to do. Well, discount that—that's that was for the them. That's Old Testament. That doesn't apply to us. Who in the world? Thank you, Holy Ghost. Can I give you a scripture? I said, can I give you a scripture? Go to Ephesians and Ephesians chapter two. I'm just hit this for all the. Uh, Covenant separatists separatists we got here. Ephesians 2 and verse 11 through 13. That was just for the children of Israel. That that doesn't apply to you. You don't get in on that that stuff. Verse 11, are you there? It says, therefore remember that you, once Gentiles, now that's us, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, By what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands. That means all the circumcised ones, that would be the Jews, called us the uncircumcised, called y'all Gentiles. Verse 12, that at that time, at that time, you were without Christ. Back at that time. How many of y'all remember when you were without Christ? You were without Christ being aliens from the what? From the what? What does commonwealth mean? It's what's shared It's what's applicable to everybody It's what's available, accessible To anybody So at one time we were aliens To the commonwealth of Israel And we were at one time strangers From the covenants Oh my God, All y'all seeing this? This isn't my message but I need you to see this we, we were at one time strangers to the covenants That means all the covenants we read about At one time did not apply to us But that was then, this is now. Having no hope and without God in the world, verse 13, verse 13. But now, that was then, this is now. But now in Christ Jesus, how many of y'all are in Christ Jesus? You who once were far off from the commonwealth, from the covenants, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank for the blood that was shed for me on Calvary. Hallelujah and because of that blood and I am in Christ, now I'm no longer a stranger or a foreigner or outside of the commonwealth, outside of the covenants, and whatever God did for the children of Israel, he said, I'm gonna do the same thing for you because you are now in the family. Galatians 3, 29, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and what? Heirs according to the promise. If you belong to Christ, if, that's a big if, if I belong to Christ, then I'm Abraham's seed. And I'm an heir, according to the promise. Y'all got it? So we have the same favor. We have the same arm, the same strength, the same power of God available to us tonight. You got it? Okay, now let's look at another scripture here because Remember, we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, back to the future, yes, how you got to yes. look back. Okay, Isaiah 46. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <clears throat> yeah, I'll hold that. Isaiah 46 and verse 9 he says remember the former things of old now remember there's another scripture we read in Isaiah where it says uh, don't remember the things of old I'm going to do a new thing but it's not that scripture this scripture says remember the former things of old. In other words, I want you to go back, way back to what I did for my people before. Because when you see what I did for them, I'm showing you what I'm going to do in your life. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember the former things of old, why? For I am God. (laughs) Oh, boy. Glory to God, I'm still here. I don't change. I change not. I'm from everlasting to everlasting. I'm the same yesterday, today, and evermore. So look back at what I did in the old days, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Lord God talking something there. Here's what I do. Declaring the what? The end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done. So God talks about the end from the beginning. So whatever you saw in the beginning, he said, I'm going to make sure the end looks the same way. So if he made it beautiful in the beginning, it's going to be beautiful in the end. What he did for his people in the beginning, he's going to do for his people at the end. As a matter of fact, the end is going to parallel the beginning, matchy, matchy. For the world and for God's people. How do you know? For the world, remember God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? Remember God destroyed the world uh, under Noah with the flood? What did Jesus say? In the end, it'll be like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. He said in the end, it'll be as in the days of Noah. So for the world, they're going to get the end just like it was in the beginning. But for the body of Christ, we're going to get the end just like it was in the beginning. Glory to God. Okay, can I prove this to you how this works? Okay, when, under, under Noah's day, in Noah's day, God destroyed the world, right? By a flood. But before he sent the flood, he saved Noah, his wife, his three sons, and their daughters, and the animals. He brought them out. He, he put them in an ark, closed the window, and they rose up. Y'all following me? They rose up. When the floods came, that ark rose up. That is a picture of the rapture, of the church being raptured up out of here to avoid the wrath that came on the world. When God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, he went down for the sake of Abraham. For the sake of Abraham. And grabbed his nephew, rescued him, intended to rescue his wife, and his daughters, intended to rescue his sons-in-law. And he grabbed them, and the Bible says the angels took them out and said, look there, there's mountains, go up there. It's a picture of the rapture. The righteous being saved out. That's what Jesus Christ said, in the days in the end, when the Son of Man comes, it'll be as it was in the days of Noah, it'll be as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. We're going to be caught up out of here, saved from the wrath that is to come. But when Noah came back down, oh boy, y'all missed that, I'm preaching better than y'all let know. When Noah came back down, he saw a whole new place that he got to start all over again and the same blessing that God had put on, on Adam, God said, Noah, I'm gonna bless you. He said, Noah, you be fruitful, you multiply, you replenish the earth, you subdue it. So after the rapture, and we're caught away seven years, we're gonna come back down here, and He's gonna say, now y'all be fruitful, and multiply y'all, help me out, and replenish the earth and subdue it. It's the same picture. So whatever he did in the beginning, he said, I'm gonna do it in the end. That's, that, that's what Jesus said. He, said. he said, listen, when you see all these things happening, don't you get freaked out. Don't, don't you be alarmed. He said, you look up because your redemption draws nigh. Jesus. So he says, remember the former things. We're back in Isaiah 4 to 6. I'm God there is no other I'm God there is none like me declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure I will do all my pleasure the Bible says God is well pleased with his people he takes pleasure in his people the Bible says now we know another place Psalm 35 27 takes pleasure in our prosperity but another place it says he just takes pleasure in his people God takes pleasure in his people God is pleased with you. He likes you. Tell your neighbor, he likes you. He really likes you. We, we were we were hitting that this morning in our prayer time and following the prayer time that God loves the whole world. But he likes us. Like is stronger than love. We had it backwards in elementary school. and middle school, we had it backwards. We used to say, do you like me? I, you know, I like you. There's, do you like me? Yes or no. And then we'll, we'll start messing with somebody. Well, I like them. You don't love them yet? No, I don't love them. I like them, I like them. And we, we thought that was the ultimate to love. No, we found out this morning the ultimate is the like. Because for God, God loves everybody. He loves the whole world. But when you and I serve him, when you and I walk with him, when you and I live for him, he likes us, and his like gives him the ability to demonstrate his love in our lives. Yeah. Glory to God. I'm so glad he likes me. Okay. Now, you don't have to turn there, but we hit this scripture here a couple weeks ago with Ecclesiastes 3.15, the King James says God requires that which is past. That, that's what we're trying to show you here. Okay, now let's go to Isaiah, to our main text here. Hallelujah. I would track it on time. We'll track it on time. Okay. Isaiah 50, 50 um, I'm going to start at 51. As if 51 to set us up for fifty-two, because fifty-one comes before fifty-two, right? Lisa Lake did. I don't know about Gibbs. Oh, 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 oh. I see you back there, Evie. They're about to get crumped back there, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I can't help y'all is color blind. You meant to go to black and gold and end up going to blue and gold. You're like, you color, oh, oh. okay alright Carl, come back, come back, come back. So 51, Isaiah. <laughs> y'all come back, okay? Isaiah 51. And I wanna, I wanna, now remember, don't turn there, but we know that our main scripture, Isaiah 52, verse 1, starts by saying, awake, awake. So I'm going back to 51 and I'm looking at verse 9. Verse 9. Now y'all, y'all know we've looked at 51, verses 1 through 3 before. A few times, many times. Right, by looking to Abraham, looking to Sarah, looking way back to the past to see our future. Okay, now look at verse 9. Let's see what the issue is here. Verse 9, this is the the people are, Isaiah the prophet is is articulating the the, the heart of the people right here. The people are in trouble and they're crying out for help from God. Verse 9, it says, awake, awake. See those same words? Anytime you say it twice, that means it must be pretty important. Jesus would say, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you know, a person they save, save. You know, are you save, saved, saved? <laughs> you know, you, you out on a date. Are you hungry, hungry, or just hungry? Because if you're hungry, hungry, we got to stop. You know what I'm saying? You're on the road, you're traveling. Dad, I'm hungry. Are you hungry, hungry? Oh, you just saw some arches somewhere, you know. Okay. I got to go to them bad. Bad, bad, or just bad? <laughs> All right, come on. Okay, let's keep going. Verse 9, awake, awake. Now notice the words look like what we read in chapter 52, verse 1. But this is the people talking to God, or Isaiah on behalf of the people. Awake, awake. Put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in the ancient days, in the generations of old. Are you not the arm that cut Rahab apart and wounded the serpent? Now, he's not talking about Rahab the woman. Rahab is is emblematic of Egypt. Okay? Remember, this this is the people looking back to what God did for them when they were slaves in Egypt and God delivered them out of Egypt. So when you see Rahab, it depicts... Egypt okay and so are you not the arm that cut Rahab apart and wounded the serpent so they're, they're, they're trying to remind God of what he did in the past verse 10 are you not the one who dried up the sea remember the red sea the waters of the great deep that made the depths of the sea a road for the reed for the redeemed rather to cross over so the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with what With everlasting joy on their heads, they shall obtain joy and gladness. Sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Okay, now, that's them talking to God. Now, God then talks back. He still talks back, doesn't he? Verse 12, watch what God says. I, even I, am he who comforts you. I hear what you're crying about. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man who will die? Other words, God says, who do you think you are to be scared? You don't know who you are. Why are you scared? Of a man who will die and the son of a man who will be made like grass. Verse 13, and you forget the Lord your maker who stretched out the heavens who, and laid the foundations of the earth. You, who fear, you have feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor when he has prepared to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? Okay, I'll keep going here. Verse 14. The captive exile hastens that he may be loosed, that he should not die in the pit and that his bread should not fail. This is what the one who's, who's been in bondage and afflicted, he's, um, Lord, get me out of this real quick. Verse 15. But I am the Lord your God who divided the sea, whose waves roared. There's that waves word. Thank you, Lord. The Lord of hosts is his name and I have put my words, i preached this to y'all before, many times. I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shot of my hand. Why? That I may do what? Plant. Plant the heavens, lay the foundations of the earth, and say to Zion, you are my people. So in other words, what God says is, here you are, you're using the wrong words. I have put my words already in your mouth. And if you speak my words as opposed to your complaining words, then you give me the right you give me the liberty now to create beautiful in your life. That's what he means, when I, that I may plant the heavens. That's what he did for in, for in Eden. He took heaven, he planted it in the earth. So when you and I decree God's word, when you and I decree what God says, it now gives him the access, the freedom in the earth to create things in the earth in our lives. If you don't like what you see, stop complaining. Complaining doesn't fix it. You ever walk up on somebody, hey, my, how you doing? Well, I can't complain. Good, because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Secondly, it ain't going to help anything. It's not going to change anything if you complain. What will change? When you and I decree a thing, it shall be established unto us, and light will shine upon our ways. Job 22, verse 28. Right? So we have to decree a thing. The Bible says uh, Jesus said Wh- whatever we decree or whatever we uh, bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. So we have to give listen to this. This is, this is big now. This is big y'all people. We have to give God license don't take that wrong because God is sovereign. God is powerful but he has given the earth to us and our lives he's put in our hands death and life is in the power of our tongues right? So he, we have to give God the Freedom, that's probably a better word. The, free, the access to operate in our lives. Hi, by, our, by our talking. That's why he said, I put my words in your mouth. Yeah, I can't help if you keep complaining about how bad everything is. When God stepped out here on, before he created earth, he saw darkness. But he didn't go, whoo, it's dark, boy. He said, let there be light. Remember when Jesus went to uh, Peter's house, Mark chapter 1, went to Peter's house and Peter's mother-in-law was laying there sick, dying of a fever? They said, "Who, Jesus, she's, she's, she's got a fever. Please come do something. He didn't go, "Ooh, oh she's hot. She's burning up. If he had said that, she would have burnt to a crisp. No, he said, he rebuked the fever. Told her to come out of her. See? When God has put his words in your mouth, stop complaining about what you see and start speaking God's word. Start speaking his promises. Start speaking by your faith. And he said, oh my God. The Bible says in Romans 10 that the word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. So when that word is in your mouth and in your heart, speak it out. And you give God the freedom to operate in your life. Are you hearing this tonight? Glory to God. So he said, I put my words in your mouth, okay? Now, let's pick up verse 17. We might, might just get this for... <laughs> Ooh, wait, that time keeps on ticking, ticking. Okay, verse 17. Awake, awake. You see that again? Now, this is not the people talking. The people talking in verse 9. Now God is talking back. You telling me awake, awake. I'm telling you awake, awake. You wake up. I'm woke. God is woke. Tell your neighbor, God is woke. Everybody trying to be woke right here. God is woke. God knows everything. You can't hide anything from God. The darkness becomes light to God, the Bible says. Even the darkness is light to God. So if anybody in the universe is woke, God is woke. Glory to God. So God says, no, you wake up. Awake, awake. Stand up, O Jerusalem. You who have drunk at the hand of the Lord, the cup of, of his fury, you have drunk the dregs. Of the cup of trembling, and drained it out. In other words, God had uh, this—hypothetically, if you understand—this cup of fury, His wrath, because the people were—they got in sin over and over and over again, and His wrath was poured out. He says, "Y'all drained it. (laughs) Y'all got all the wrath. Golly, I don't don't have no more wrath to give y'all. You know you bad off, boy. You you ever don't don't raise your hand. You ever beat your child till you was tired, like." Don't, don't you do it. No more. See, none of y'all have mom and daddy like me, boy. My my daddy's a beat in syllables. Don't you go to that store. Oh. My dad was a little heavy. You'll get tired pretty quick when you're heavy, praise God. So um we probably we probably owe them a few. Tonight. Tonight, we'll take y'all take y'all. says they, they drained it out. All right, y'all come back. Verse, verse 18, verse 18. Now, God, because God is pointing out their issues. So y'all wake up. Now, verse 18, he says, and there is no one to guide her among all the sons she has brought forth. In other words, no, nobody in, in Jerusalem seems to know what they're doing. In other words, implication, hello? <laughs> implication, not even the priests, not even the preachers don't know what they're doing. Verse 18, nor is there anyone who takes her by the hand among all the sons she has brought up. Verse 19, these two things have come to you. Who will be sorry for you? Desolation and destruction, famine and sword. But whom, by whom will I comfort you? Your sons have fainted. They lie the head of all the streets like an antelope in a net. They are, they are full of the fury of the Lord, the rebuke of your God. Therefore, therefore, here it is. Therefore, please hear this: You afflicted and drunk, but not with wine. No, they were drunk. They were drunk off the wrath. You know, we talk about parents. You know, disciplining the children. I hate to say beaten because y'all don't like the word beaten today. But parents, okay, parents, you beat the children to the parent tired. But you ever beat a child to the child tired? They crying. <laughs> now they can't. They, they go to sleep. That's happened to me before, boy. My parents used to get on me, boy. I cry myself to sleep. (laughs) Listen, ain't no no crying to sleep in timeout. You go on to timeout, they ain't going to cry to sleep. They going to be on their cell phone. Okay. So they're drunk, but not with wine. Verse 22, thus says your Lord, the Lord and your God, who pleased the cause of his people notice he's the one that allowed this wrath to come on him but he said I'm going to plead your cause I don't want to see you really hurting my daddy used to tell me son I beat you because I love you you love me don't you you really love me (laughs) What? I used to get it boy but you know, another thing they used to tell me, I'm going to throw this out here. I'm going to do, what, do what, what you want. My daddy's telling me this too. Son, I beat you so the police don't have to. Yes. Do into what you will. Yes. Do into what you will. Everything, everybody worry about what's going on out there. But my daddy's telling me, son, I beat you so the police don't have to. And he did too. The police never did have to beat me. Now they pulled me over. They never had to beat me. Says, see, see, I've taken, because I was scared, don't call my daddy, don't call my daddy. See, I've taken out of your hand the cup of trembling, the dregs of of the cup of my fury. You shall no longer drink it. Verse 23, verse 23. Watch this. Watch this. But I will put it into the hand, this cup of fury, I'm taking it out of your hand, and I'm going to put it into the hand of those who afflict you, who have said to you, watch this, lie down that we may walk over you. This is how the world tries to treat you. You lay down, let us walk over you. Anybody ever felt like you've been walked over in your life? This is how the, how the enemy does. Lay down, I may walk over you. And you have laid your body like the ground and as a street for those who walk over you. In other words, there are times you couldn't stop. You, just, you let them walk, just walk all over you. Are y'all seeing this? But somebody say, there's a word. There's a word. There is good news. good news. Because here comes the good news. Things are about to change. See, all this stuff we saw happening in 51, 52, the the script is going to flip. Because God comes with another announcement here. 52, verse 1, he says, there it is again, awake, awake. I'm woke. Y'all wake up. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments. Yes. Yes. Now that's as far as I'm going to get tonight. and I'm not, I'm not done. I'm saying I'm, I, I don't want to read any further because that's all, that's all I'm going to be able to explain here. To teach on. Awake, awake. Put on your strength. Put on your beautiful garments. Now that word awake, that word awake from the Hebrew is a Hebrew word er. er. At least that's, that's how I'm pronouncing it. If I'm wrong then help me out. But it looks like er to me. So I'm going to call it er. 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 Look at what it means, though. To rouse yourself. To awake. To awaken. To incite. Y'all know what incite means. To get some, get some you know, going off. You know, get it going off to stir up, look at this next one, to be excited. To be excited. God is telling them, I see you in your mess, but I need you to get excited. (laughs) I know people are walking over you, but get excited. I know you're being afflicted right now, but get excited. I know you're in all kinds of trouble, but I want you to stir yourself up. Because if you don't get excited, if you don't get stirred up, if you don't rouse yourself, you're going to keep getting walked over. I have to get you to change your posture, to change your position, so people stop walking over you. You think that it's my fault, but it's your fault if you keep staying down there. If you'll get excited about my word, then I can do something in your life. Brother Brother Kenneth Hagin uh, Pop Hagen used to say this many years ago and for years he, say, he said the word you get excited about is the word that comes to pass in your life. If you never get excited about a word, it'll never come to pass in your life. Whether, whether you got excited the moment you heard it, like some of y'all get excited, you hear the word, and now you're praise God, that's my word. Or by meditating on the word. The more you meditate on it, the more excited you get about that word. Are you hearing me tonight? So he says, I need, you to, I need you to awake. And he said it twice, awake, awake. That means rouse yourself, awake, awaken, in sight. Stir up. Stir yourself up. Stir yourself up. Huh, I don't feel, uh, stir yourself you ever, you, ever, you ever overslept? How many of y'all ever overslept? And I don't just mean like five minutes overslept. I mean like an hour, two hours overslept. I don't mean like you had an appointment. I mean you just slept too long. When you sleep too long, you wake up is like, huh, "What?" Because you went past. You stayed down too long. And your body has a hard time adjusting when you stay down too long. That's why you have to arouse, you have to arouse yourself, it says. You have to stir yourself up, so you gotta start percolating. This I mean. Go walk, go get get my blood flowing, get do something because man, I gotta I gotta get going. Wow, man, wow, wow. And what's happening is the, the the devil, because he rides over people so much. Thank you, sir. The devil rides over people so much, people fall into this stupor. Oh man. I don't know if I can ever get going. He says, no. if you don't don't ever change your posture, change your position, if you don't ever change your attitude, that you keep seeing yourself as a victim, if you don't ever switch that victim mindset into a victorious mindset, though you might be expected to lose, God has favored you to win. And if, if you see that, then you'll stir yourself up. All right, you know what? We're going to do this thing. Do this thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, so awake, awake. <clears throat> let, me, let me go back and this again. To arouse yourself, <clears throat> to awake, to awaken, incite, to stir up, to be excited. Notice his last one, to be, it means to be triumphant. Now, when, when I saw be triumphant, I'm like, what do you mean be triumphant? Awake means to be triumphant. So I said, let me go look up triumphant. The word triumphant from the dictionary, Webster's, means rejoicing for or celebrating victory. Oh, y'all, you'll catch on by next Thursday. Rejoicing for or celebrating victory. This is while you're down. This is while you're in it. This is why you're going through it. He says, start rejoicing for or celebrating victory. Now, who in their right minds will start rejoicing for victory while it looks like they're losing? It's folk who are walking by faith and not by sight. It's people who know that God is on my side and if God be for me, who can be against me? It's those who know that no weapon formed against who shall prosper. It's those who know that God always causes us to triumph. So if that's the case, sure, I don't wait till the battle's over. I shout right now. I don't wait till I see the victory. I'm gonna see the victory because he said so. So I don't wait there till I get there to praise God. I praise him right now. I rejoice for the victory. I rejoice for and I celebrate the victory before I see it. Before I see it, because even though I don't see it out here, I see the victory on the inside. I may not see it in the natural, but I see it in the spiritual realm. I may not see it with my natural eye, but I don't look at things that are seen because the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen, they are eternal. so i look at whose i am and i look at who i am and in him i am triumphant in him i have the victory so i might be going through hell and high water right now but in a few days in a few moments in a few minutes something's gonna change something's gonna turn and i'm gonna praise god right now because i have oh you might as well give god a big shout You might as well give God a big shout If you know you have the victory Give God a shout of praise In the name of Jesus We have The victory Y'all sit down, hurry up few more minutes I've already won they've been walking over me but that's about to change they've been putting me down I've been afflicted, but that's all changing how you know God said so God said so and he gave me words to decree you read you read the eighth chapter of Esther like we did this morning. You'll see where God allowed, because of the favor of God, that what the enemy had had decreed over the, the children of Israel, God allowed them to change it and say, "No, we revoke that. You decree something. You can write your own ticket. You can write your own ticket with God. I said you can write your own ticket with God. Hallelujah. Okay, let me hurry. Up. Let me come on. Get get this place here. So he said, awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Now the word put on comes from the Hebrew word labas. Labas. Sounds right, doesn't it? (laughs) Looks right. Means to dress, wear, clothe, put on clothing be clothed. Now, notice this. Now, currently, they're being walked over. Currently, they're down and out. Currently, Joe, they're on the bottom. But he says, I want you to put on something. I want you to dress not for where you are, I want you to dress for where you're going. And most folk never go anywhere because they never change their garments, they never change what they wear. They keep dressing for where they are. They keep talking about where they are. They keep complaining about where they are. They keep grumbling about where they are instead of praising God for where he's taking them. So he says, put on your strength. Don't dress for where you are. Right now, right now, right now, I'm assuming nobody's dressed for bed right now. Why? Because you're not in bed. But when you get home, you want to change, hopefully, and you're going to put on clothes for bed because that's where you're going. Am I right about it? And then in the morning, if you didn't dress all night like you're going to work, you're going you're gonna to change again because although you're at home in bed, you're going to work or you're going to school so you're going to change again. Right? So you're not wearing pajamas out. You're not wearing, a, what's them things my girls wear? You're not wearing bonnets in the mall. You're not wearing fuzzy slippers in the Publix. Check it, y'all. Check it, y'all. You're not grocery shopping like you're going to bed. Right? Because you never dress for where you are. You always dress for where you're going. So you have, in 51, they're weak. But he's saying put on strength. I'll show you here in a minute, in my last few minutes. In 51, they're complaining. But he tells them to put on strength, you're going to see that this is going to bless you in a minute. So, so put up uh, Genesis 41, 14, real quick. Genesis 41, 14. Because uh, Joseph understood this. Joseph understood this. When Joseph was in prison, and he got called up, If you're you're a baseball player, and you're you're a minor league baseball player, you're playing in the the single A, the double A, triple A leagues, that's the minors, and you know you go out on one uniform, but you get a call one day, hey, we need you to come up here to the majors, then you get called up. It's the same organization, but you got to change your uniform because the uniform you're wearing down there isn't the same uniform you're going to wear up here, so when you get called up, you got to upgrade your uniform. So when Joseph got called up, it says, it says, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph up and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. So at first he was dressed like he was in the dungeon, but it said he shaved. Changed his clothing and came to Pharaoh because he wasn't gonna be in the dungeon anymore. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. I didn't see that. There was a man on the roadside begging. Blind Bartimaeus, they called him. And he's crying out, Lord Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. People kept saying, shut up, shut up. The master's busy. And he kept saying, Lord, have mercy on me. He cried all the more. And finally Jesus stopped and called him. And they said, hey, hey, be of good cheer. He calls you. Bartimaeus got called up. Well, when Bartimaeus got called up, He took off his beggar's robe. Through that back there, I just got called up. I'm not going to need this anymore because I'm going up to get what I want from the Lord. I don't need that beggar's garment anymore. It's time for somebody here to change your garments. Y'all sit down, sit down, I I got six minutes. When you expect deliverance, when you expect promotion, when you expect exaltation, When you expect God to move Change your posture Change your position And change your clothing Get yourself ready for where God's taking you You ain't going to be down here no more He's going to raise you up He's going to exalt you in due time So change everything Put on your strength Oh Jesus Okay All right, now, I'm, I'm gonna finish this here, I'm gonna finish, finish this, this is part of it. I better have that jacket, cause I don't wanna the tune in and think I'm, I'm an un, uncouth preacher now. I'm gonna you be no know, undisciplined. You know, Bill Winston might tune in. My spiritual dad might be tuned in and say, John, know what you're doing with it. will yeah, be right, praise the Lord. Jesus! All right, now watch. Awake, awake. Put on your strength, yes, o, Zion. o Zion. Now, let's look at this word strength, and then we'll go home. Uh-huh. This word strength is the Hebrew word "oz" or ohs, no matter which one you say, which means might or strength. Now, that's the word that was used back in chapter 51, verse 9, when they said "Awake." Awake, put on your strength, O arm of the Lord So they're talking about God putting on his strength But when God talks back to them He uses the same word But it has a different meaning for us Because he doesn't want us to put on our strength Because it's not by power It's not by might But it's by his spirit, says the Lord So he doesn't want you and me to put on our strength Because we'll think that our strength made it happen Your strength didn't do this here Your strength can't deliver you If it could have you would have been delivered Already Tell your neighbor your strength can't do it it. But I'm going to show you what's going to do it I'm going to show you what's going to do it So this word strength Oz might strength It comes from another Hebrew word Azaz Which means strength in various applications Watch these words Force, security, majesty, and see the one that applies to us in this verse. Praise. So he says, You want to come out? You want to come up? You want to change your situation? You want to see your life turned around? You want to see things breaking your life? What you gonna put on? What you gonna put on? The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Somebody shout one good time in me, Mr. Woo! Because what you gotta understand, Chris, is that when the devil comes against you, what he wants to shut down is your praise. Because he knows if he can shut down your praise, he's shut down your strength. Tell somebody your strength is in your praise. Tell them your praise, your praise is your strength. Your, strength. Praise your praise is your stronghold. stronghold. See, the devil knows, the devil knows Psalm 8 verse 2. Yeah, come on, come on. The devil knows the scripture. Look at Psalm 8 verse 2. Watch this, boy, this, 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 this is good right here. It says, Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained oz. strength, praise Jesus comes along in the gospels and when he's, the people are crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna Hosanna the highest, Hosanna, Hosanna and the people said, hey Jesus don't you hear what they're saying, tell them to be quiet and he said no, have you not read, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings you have perfected praise so Jesus translates this verse for us into praise so when we see this, watch now. I want you to see this now. now. Now you know it's praise, right? You know it's praise. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained praise because of your enemies. Why praise? That you may silence that's it, that's all I got time for. That you may silence the enemy and the avenger. Oh my God. I want you to see this and we're going to quit. I want you to see this and we're going to quit. Either he's going to silence me or I'm going to silence him. Somebody going to shut up. Somebody going to shut up. And I decree tonight not of this place That it ain't going to be me. It ain't going to be me. If I got to get a eek praise, if I got to get a yep praise, if I got to get a somehow praise, I'm going to praise God, I'm going to glorify God, I'm going to magnify God that I may silence the enemy and the avenger. When you praise God, you shut down the enemy. That first attack was to shut your praise down. That second attack was to shut your praise down. That third attack was to shut your praise down. And if he can keep working on you, and working on you, and afflicting you until you feel like you're being walked over, and I can't hardly praise God. Well, baby, I ain't gonna let no rocks cry out for me. And if i got to reach down from my toes, I'm going to give what the Bible calls the sacrifice of praise. Sacrifice, Sheree, means I don't feel like it. Sacrifice means I'm going through so much I can't hardly get one out. My body is tired. My mind is tired. Everything around me is going haywire. But I love the Lord so much, I'm going to get a praise on my lips. I'm going to give God a sacrifice of praise. And when I do, when I praise God, it's going to silence the enemy and the avengers. So I haven't even gotten to the garment, beautiful garment yet. I'll deal with it Sunday morning. But put up Isaiah 61 verse 3. Isaiah 61 verse 3. Y'all stand to your feet. We're we're quitting. This This is what that anointing in verse 1 is for. Verse 1, the anointing is on him to preach. The anointing is on me to preach. To console those who mourn, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. And notice this, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Spirit of heaviness, yeah, well, you, ever, you ever feel depressed? I know y'all faith people, you don't want to say it's that. Don't, 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 don't. don't say that, I know you don't say that. You don't say that. You ever have, have felt depression coming on you? I better come over here. Y'all, you ever have, have felt depression coming on you? Well, what do I do? Put on some sad music? No. Eat a bowl of ice cream? No. You're going to really depressed because your pants are going to be too tight and no. What do you do? See that? Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I preached a series years back called uh, um, Delivered from Oppressing Spirits, something like that. Uh, oppressing Spirits. The enemy comes with oppression. Oppression is not depression. Depression is the result of oppression. Oppression is the devil pushing down on you. It is him occupying your mind and your thoughts. It's him bringing weight on you. Depression is now the feeling and that, that ugh feeling you get as a result of the oppression of the enemy. So when you feel that spirit of heaviness... Don't turn on some sad, sappy song. You start praising God. You start praising God. You start glorifying God. And he will, by his power, silence the enemy. He will steal the enemy. I think King James says it. He will steal the avenger. He will stop him. Now this is just, this is my theory about that as to how that happens, the process. Because, you know, the devil and all his demons, they are former angels. They were programmed to praise God. So when, so when you and I praise God, it's like a person who retired from the military person who retired out of the military, like Brother Dwight, the moment he walks down the street and hears, he hears the star-spangled banner, he's going to stop. Because it's programmed. He's programmed to respond to that song. Am I right about Deacon Gershom? You're going to respond to that song. Okay. You're going to put your hat You're going to do something because you were, you, that's been ingrained in you. These demons are former angels, fallen angels and they've been programmed to praise God. So if they start hovering around you and messing with you in your life, you start praising God, they gotta stop. Now, if you stop praising and start complaining, now they start moving back. When you start feeling that oppression, that depression coming back on, start back praising, they gotta... On your strength put on your praise for God's about to elevate you out of that bottom and bless you in your life. Y'all receive that? Lift those hands, lift those voices, and give God a great praise tonight in this place. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. here. Do it in your car. Do it at home. Do it at work. Hey, youth, youth, kids, do it in school. Everywhere you go. Something not working out on the job? Some of y'all builders, we got to hear y'all. Something not working out, you can't figure out the plan? Just start praising God. Thank you, Lord. I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. Let the light come on you. Hallelujah Thank you Lord everybody join hands on my next to you Woo, hallelujah your praise will shift the atmosphere anywhere you go. You got you're walking around with a trumpet. Your praise gets God's attention. It creates an atmosphere. A habitation for God's presence. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now listen, we're leaving. I pray you all have received tonight. And I pray that you apply tonight what you have received. And if anybody's feeling like you've been walked over and worn out by the enemy, I've got good news for you. God's turning things around in your life. Just tired of being tired. Well, guess what? God's going to strengthen you. Turning things around in your life. Amen. I'm excited. We're going to pick it up on Sunday. And show you the beautiful garments that God wants us to put on. Hallelujah. And when you go home, dress for bed. Remember the children of Israel? Before they came out of Egypt? He told them, he said, tonight when you go to bed, dress to leave. Because this is going to be your last night. Tell somebody this is your last night. Oh, Jesus, this is your last night down here. This is your last night with this mess. This is your last night in that bondage. Dress like you're getting ready to go somewhere. He said, go to bed with your shoes on. Belt on, be ready to go. Because I'm going to come through tonight. God's going to come through tonight for somebody. He's going to come through for somebody. Suddenly, he's going to bring you out. I better pray us out. I better pray us out. We'll see y'all on Sunday. First Sunday, communion Sunday, we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Celebrate what Jesus did in giving his blood. So you and I are no longer aliens and strangers to the covenants of promise and the commonwealth of Israel. We're part of the family. We're in the family. We're in the family. Lord, thank you so much for all these wonderful, precious people that you brought into this place. Thank you for your powerful word that you've ministered to us tonight. And I pray, Father, that everyone who's heard the word, received the word, hear those that that have been watching, that God, the same anointing that we feel in this place, that God they feel it at home wherever they are that God even those who are watching on replay days in the future Father, time in the future that God the same anointing that we feel here it'll penetrate their hearts right where they are and we pray Father that as we apply what we've received tonight that the enemy will be put to flight and that God those of us who've been bowed down, walked over you raise us up and make us walk straight, heads held high knowing who we are in Christ Jesus. Now I pray that God the blessing of the Lord be upon us as we leave from this place that God we go to our homes, find everything in order, nothing amiss, keep us safe, keep us safe, let your favor work in our lives in the name of Jesus your grace be upon us your strength, your might, your power in our lives. Your goodness, let it be upon us. Bless every business owner, every entrepreneur, every student, every parent, every spouse, every child. Bless everyone, every single person, God, in every way. And God, we look forward to this weekend coming back together and God will come expecting, anticipating the Shekinah glory of the Lord to fill this place. We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you all the honor. In Jesus Christ's name, if you agree, shout amen Amen. and amen. God bless you, we love you, have a great night. We'll see you on this Sunday morning. Drive safely.